Evolution from the physical body of creation to the higher intelligence involves a deeper understanding of life as multidimensional evolution, where individuality does not count. Um, only the continuity of the human species counts. To this end, the physical body must be initiated into the light before it can receive the over-self body of light, which is the true I am identity. So, uh, actually, just a little commentary here. that the, the, the physical body was created by our desire to serve ourselves, yeah. serve the self, uh, instead of all the oneness of wanting to serve all of the sonship, all of creation, all of our brothers and sisters. Um, and so once we let go of our desire for our own gain, our own attainments, that, and we only care about the attainment of the whole, of our, of our fellow man and humanity as a whole, then we'll be able to be initiated into the light. As long as we're still doing things for our own self, we have a, any touch of spiritual ego left, we're trying to get any type of fame or appreciation or attain anything in this world, we won't be able to let it go. Good morning, everyone. This is Devin and Alan. Do we have a name for our show? Uh, yeah. You know, like, well, the understanding of the ego is very tricky because, you know, Devin is a spiritual ego. <laughs> but we're not, we're not talking about Devin. We're talking about Devin's over-self and a higher self. Yeah, over-self is none of that. That's right. We're not yeah. talking about the none of that. We're talking about that. So they can't be in... There can't be a spiritual ego or any ego. You can be under the illusion that you have one. Yeah, the belief. Illusion. Yeah, with the belief and illusion. <laughs> yeah. So what is it saying, what you were just reading? Well, let me read a little bit more. It says, so if you... Uh, individuality does not count... If, if you want to experience multi-dimensional evolution, and you only can be concerned about the continuity of the human evolution. So I had a period of time where I was saying, in, from learning a bunch of things, that, that a master can be self-creating and self-begotten and self-sustaining. But myself took, the, the small self took over that, the egoic self, and said I was the source of that I could become the source of the, of my own life and my own beingness myself. And then I realized finally with the I am discourses that no, I say now I am I am sustained from the great I am. I'm sustained from the creator, and not, I am not that creator. Even though the creator is in within me, I'm still the creation. And I don't know, Devin, someday are we going to be able to become the creator of our own selves instead of looking to the source? The, <laughs> will we become the source ourselves? Well, how, how can we be the creator of ourselves? Even the God that is of everything wouldn't be the creator of himself. Yeah. But it's all a matter of time. It's, it's weird because you think that if we did separate from the whole and, I, and individuate and, and identify with 
with the separateness. That, was that not a creation? Or, well, or, or was it a miscreation? Well, you can see it as a, a transitional creation. A transitional creation. So because, temporal, temporary. Yeah, like, um, you know, you have the idea of knowledge of good and evil, and then you what we're doing with that is distorting what we're actually creating. However, what we're cre actually creating is there, and yet we're seeing something different just by the distortion of our actual creation or delay of realization. Wow. So if we can get rid of the um, delusion of independence and individuality, um, then we can go back to unfolding according to the true creation. Or Right. It's a little tricky because you can't get rid of something that's not there, and that's where the, you know, the constant battle between most religions and practices are. Is that they're literally trying to get rid of something by making it <laughs> to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not there; it never was, and so it's just being able to see differently. Yeah. Not even past it because that says it's there as well. So um, what I get from that is, with many people, with the atonement, the atonement, which is the whole, what we want to achieve, many religions make separation from that real in order to try to unite it, to atone it. And uh, so they say, you've done a sin, yeah. and then now you have to repent of it so that you can be forgiven of it. Yeah. Where the cause that you're saying is the sin never existed you it's an illusion yeah and that there is no well nothing. the whole idea of devon is an illusion yeah so what is so there's a process so like even with spiritual ego what you were saying before like you wanted to get rid of that mm -hmm. and i mean one day i realized oh devon is a spiritual ego and i'm not devon yeah like, so it doesn't it, matter what devon's doing it doesn't matter who he is so it doesn't what, matter anything about him as long as i'm embracing love and i'm facing god and looking towards god and keeping my eye on that light then no matter what devon does it's going to be from that position of god yeah so uh the i am discourses uh, say that even everything we call human is actually a de uh, de delusion so we're not um it says all human is discord Just once we harmonize yeah. we'll find ourselves to be divine with angelic is that yeah. we, we mastery we'll get a mastery over human yeah. and then the human isn't so you can say this you can speak about this on multi-dimensional experiences so what i hear from what you're saying is that everything physical or human that we know as human that you can find in the physics books and the math books and everything and and pretty much be taught in school and talked about in politics and all that stuff is all delusional stuff right mm -hmm. and if we we can realize ourselves to be energ energetic angelic and uh be of, of spirit right mm -hmm. so the the spirit world as much as the physical world is all a dream a lot of people don't want to hear that because yes it is the stepping stone to coming to realization of what is the celestial which isn't actually energy, because energy is, is that space of space. Okay? But it's not form. It's not shape space. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's movement space. Mm -hmm. It's not time 
space. Time is then another part of memory using the mind. So yes, we're going into a position where we're going to realize ourselves as angelic and energetic. However, that being next and previous to this version of the dream is still a dream, still a projection or extension of the mind. Yeah, but, um, but the eternal soul, the internal intelligence that was yeah. never created, the uncreated part of ourselves is not. Is not a soul. Right. Yeah, it's not a soul. That's the mind of Christ. Yeah. The mind of Christ is timeless, has no shape, form, or anything. A soul is a shape. But is the mind of Christ an extension of the Father? Or, or I know yeah. it's in the Godhead, but is it? Is so, it, it is, does the mind of Christ ever progress to be the source of its own self, which is the Father? So the Christ position, really the job of Christ, is mm -hmm. to develop the image of God. And that's what the dream projection or extension is. So it first came to be a dream, a projection of soul bodies, and this was a pre previous existence to this. Mm -hmm. And then it went through the experience of knowledge of good and evil and is now experiencing it as this. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to awaken itself to realizing itself as soul bodies again. But this is all the projection or extension, depending on what it knows that it's in its mind. The projection thinks it's literally separate from itself, where most of us are. And then the extension realizes it as one with itself. But it's still a projection of itself. An idea of all of the images of God. Um, now, now, in the course, it says that creation extends. Yeah. And so that would be true creation. Yeah. You're not saying that creation, uh, creation is into form, correct? Am I correct? Well, creation would be into the real world. Yeah. And but not but into the, what you know and what we best what, describe what, as the physical we, what world. What you were just saying. The, the the creating of the image of God. I mean, the this, the sun as a creation of the image, but is not image form. Yeah. No. So the shape, the energy, the mm -hmm. spirit world, the real world, is what we're actually creating. However, as I mentioned in the beginning of this recording, but you just said the spirit confusion. world still. If the spirit is extension, then not projection. Yeah, spirit world would be the complete acceptance of extension, mm -hmm. realizing yourself as love. And can you say a physical world is projection from the spirit? Yeah, projection is not any really different, but it thinks itself as mm -hmm. separate. The yeah. actual action is not different. Mm. So. It's just a thought. So, and then it derives itself into the experience of protecting itself as physical. But is it miscreation? Is projection because it's temporary and it's not? It's what? So what within projection is, is extension? Whatever yeah. that's covered in projection is illusion. Always, extension is true creation. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. So, okay. yeah. As far as uh, it, it being a miscreation is really yeah. just a, a delusion of what we're actually creating because reality is always happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's happening right in this moment. And okay. so what we think is happening being the delusion of what is actually happening. So you, you don't want to say really that, you know, everything in this room mm -hmm. doesn't just mean nothing. It, it is not what you think it is. So Eckhart Tolle would say it this way. So uh, what the mind is experiencing is 
content, content. Okay, what the Holy Spirit is doing is the true context. In other words, it's connected to the whole of everything, and it's uh, not individuated and separated. It's still it's true not creation. Like separate words and their definitions. Instead, mm -hmm. it's this the word according to the whole paragraph or the page. Yeah, it's, it's it's the whole, connected to the whole. And so, uh, you know, anything that's true, uh, they say, is is the, the uh, is the whole, even though you may only be seeing one aspect of the whole from one angle, because we don't see, we don't have holistic perception where we can see everything. But, but you, even though you may be showing one part, you're still connected to the whole. Yeah, it's still happening. It's one still face there. of the prism. Yeah, yeah, it's never changed. Yep. Agreed. I just made a new, be a, a new uh, message thing for my phone. I want to play it for you because it's, it is kind of cool. It's a piece of the course. And I can find it real quick. Aside from the funky music in the background, did you hear what it said? Eternity is always, is one time. Eternity is one time. It's only dimension being always. That's my ringtone. Mm. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. Eternity is right now if you're in eternal love. Because where eternal love is, there is eternity. Yeah, and I know that when I was really looking for that experience that I was misunderstanding it just naturally because I, my obsession with form and time, really, and having things linear and apart from me, really, is like time, I don't have it now, therefore it's separate from me and things like that. Um, yeah, it's different than all of that idea. I don't know how to explain it. I think I had a concept that I was going to share, but it's like. Well, what I, what I was trying to understand is when you are in eternal love, in other words, you, you feel a state of completion and wholeness and uh, not really needing anything. You're, you're, you're fulfilled. Yeah. You're in eternity. The abundance. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can, wherever that state is, you are in timelessness, you're in the now, you're in forever. Yeah. And that's what the joining in one purpose is, is to that join in one purpose of knowing their own abundance can naturally create. And abundance is n not just, uh, you know, because... Um, it's whatever you have, right? Because someone can have millions and not be abundant with it. Well, it's knowing that uh, that and knowing that it's whatever gratitude. you need is there. And if you ask, you receive. 
like eternity isn't so much that understanding the difference between I'm in home in heaven and God is in home in me. Because the kingdom of heaven isn't within, it is me. That means God is at home in me. Yeah. It's hard to believe the kingdom of heaven is within you if you're locked up in a cell. But that's the real test of being able to access the kingdom of heaven. It's definitely a stepping stone in understanding of coming from, you know, I'm separate from the kingdom of heaven and I can only go to a temple to experience even just a glimpse of it and to to realizing, oh, wait, the kingdom of heaven is not over there. Now it's within here. Uh, okay, and then a step closer to realizing, oh, it's, this is not just within here. It is here. It is me. Okay. Oh, and then it's and then that step closer realizing, oh, but I don't exist. Oh, so there's only heaven. Oh. Then realizing that that heaven isn't just me right here, but it extends out and is everywhere. Oh, that means everybody is me. Oh, and I'm in heaven, and we're just the same thing. And oh, and all this yeah kind of stuff. So I think Carl Jung said that beautifully. He said. He who looks outside of himself dreams. He who looks inside awakens. <laughs> what do you think of that? That's no, good. So, it, it, it seems selfish to, to be so absorbed in the inner workings of your being. But in reality, that is the way to connect with other beings because the same understanding, the same self within you helps you to understand the self in the other, in everyone else. Um, and so the more you, you understand the eternal mind, the more you uh, are at one mind with everybody, every son creation of God. Um, and the one more you are into the open the heart chakra, the more you are open to the human heart, universal heart, the one heart of it. It's in everyone. And so understanding the higher self, the universal self in everyone, in all of us, the Christ, you call it the Christ, the Buddha in nature, the, is the way to love your fellow man. So you don't love the neighbor, you don't have to love the neighbor outside of yourself. You love the neighbor as the self, as yourself, as the one. And therefore, that's, that's the way you let go of, of the smaller self. Well, even just realizing, actually realizing that this person in front of me is me. That there's nothing I can hide from this person that they don't know as much as I know. There's nothing... I could say that would surprise them more than I would surprise myself. And just completely realizing that there is no boundary or barrier between yourself and whatever you're looking at. That physical boundary or emotional boundary or mental boundary. That you're just realizing that in that state of knowing that you are them and they are you that love is just natural that experience of love it's the same thing you're doing with your mind right now 
you're giving it so much attention and listening to its words and and letting it move your body around and tell you what to do and where to go and everything and as you are loving it as yourself you are giving it that time and attention as if it is you and your brother is the same your brother deserves the same as you deserve that time and attention by the God in you that is giving you that attention, letting you believe that you exist, that you are real. That's how much he loves you. And regardless of whatever dimension you're focused on, being most likely an individual personality in a body, he loves that experience. And it's happening perfectly. And it's it wants to be happy. It wants you to be happy. It wants to experience this journey that today coming to a happier state than yesterday. That's namaste. So the the um so Ramana Maharshi's approach which he calls self-inquiry, he asks you to continue to ask um, who it is is saying this. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get you to the point of removing all judgments and separation between them because, you know, economic structure, caste structure, spiritual differentiation, people's educations, people's net worth all create uh, fences of separation saying that there's a difference between you and the gifted or the or the artistic or but a true master sees the divine and doesn't see any separation between uh, anyone and himself so yeah and in that knowing of there's no separation within the experience of another or myself is that realizes that whatever, if I realize that whatever Devon does is in complete innocence of you know, knowing anything because he is just this flesh thing that moves along and this uh, personality that he thinks he has is all coming from some sort of divine source. And if that divine source is sourcing it, obviously, um, it is doing that with another, and how could I disapprove the divine source in another and what they want for them and what they want for me and what they want in the world? The divine source is completely working through them. That even if it may be distorted or seemingly egoic and all of these things, that it simply is my projection of the divine that is distorting. But if that's divine, then it must have a purpose. And I must be going through some sort of experience to no opposition so that I can experience non-opposition without any discord. But isn't the opposition coming from your judgment of it, if the resistance, the all, all resistance is coming from ourself too? Yeah, we don't have to have any opposition if we mm. have no resistance. Exactly, we're attached to the opposition if we're having it. 
Yeah. Complete acceptance of this moment. And it seems regurgitated and redundant. But, okay, how about the problem of suffering? Because uh, you, you know, uh, should we accept suffering? Well, if you accept the experience, and you actually accept the experience beyond what it is as before defined as suffering, and objectively, then the suffering wouldn't come about from it. Because if you just accepted the idea that, yes, this is God working through them, this is God working through me, this is God working in this situation, if I accepted that, then I'd realize there never was opposition, there never was anything negative happening here, and therefore I'm one with eternity instead of resisting it. And just in that knowledge of everything being that one light of God, then I couldn't be in suffering. So if I am in suffering and I do see that I'm in pain and I'm honest about it and admit it, then I need to admit that I am believing in opposition. I am currently resisting the entirety of the universe. I am saying, I, am, I got myself into this and now I need to get myself out of it. I am doing this. They are doing this to me. There's all the separation terms of everything happening as we see the physical world and how the news likes to display it. But we couldn't be anything but grateful if we realize that this is all God. This is all God written. This is all God done. This is all agreed with. This is all exactly how it's perfectly supposed to be. And the mind jumps to saying, oh, well, what about this and that, the Hitler thing? and and everything. And it's like, well, if you were actually in that grateful experience and realized that there was no opposition and that divine realization, you wouldn't see that experience. So we go back to admitting that, yes, as I see that experience, I am in resistance of eternity. I am in resistance of knowing God. And, I, and this is God through me. So there must be something I am learning. There must be something I am training for in this perfect aspect that I am, of God. So, so I think, tell me if this is kind of what you're saying, is if you could realize that you are not uh, really here, uh, that the, your, your soul and your, your higher self is, uh, is not experiencing the body, the body is in you, you 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 come from perspective of of eternity, of non-temporal, of the uncreated, yeah. and therefore the the, the 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 what's happening with the physical body and the suffering is not really you. Uh, you can you you still experiencing the suffering on some level, but your attachment to it is different, and you and you're you're, well, you're able to maintain yeah. eternal perspective and stay in eternal love. Uh, and stay so you don't despair, you don't get depressed, you don't uh, terrorize over it and traumatize over the suffering, and it doesn't have you. You have mastery over the suffering. Yeah, that would be a transitional phase of. Um, hang on one second.
So quite literally, as you do perceive the suffering on any level, you are agreeing with it on some level within the mind experience, the mind of Christ. Like regardless, no matter what it is, you are still in the transitional phase of coming out of that perspective. So as we're moving on through the dimensional experiences, going into the fifth dimension, we would still have a glimmer of what is the third dimension. However, it won't be our focus anymore. And we'll be moving it into the resurrection stage of the sixth dimension. And that will we'll experience physicality as a different type of thing, and it won't be uh, the, the same type of form as we see now. It would be translucent and transformative. And uh, be far more fluid and unlimited. Yeah. Yeah. But this still would be this transitional period of coming from, of realizing that it's not death and it's always been life. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, so even like in the psychological understanding of A Course in Miracles, uh, there's the, uh, yeah, you won't perceive it the same, but you're still on some level be aware that suffering is there. That's only the stepping stone going into the complete mind training that literally the world changes when you completely accept it. And that's going into the fifth dimension. Like every option is available, and that's when you can start picking them instead of being limited to one, seemingly. It's so interesting. Our, our resistance to suffering is what uh, breaks down the body as well, right? Because, because when... Well, it's resistance it, altogether. Yeah, but, but the um, neuro-linguistic programming of the more... Of the, that we experience, the more that we get of that experience, uh, the body. When we believe, uh, uh, the children we get instilled in this the idea of eighty years old, and then the body's going to die. Mm -hmm. We play that program through. Yeah. If we could possibly find a way to get beyond the physical, and beyond and and live in. Yeah. Well, notice that how everything you're talking about is thoughts mm -hmm. like they're com concepts and everything yeah and then you say get beyond the physical and everything which really is just you were just talking about your concepts of understanding and agreeing with ideas of 80 years old i'm gonna die and that's in the the body comes from that concept comes from those ideas and you were just saying that so it's not getting past the body it's training the mind but to actually let go of the idea that, that you are an individual um, and not God, and not a, a wave upon the ocean. Your whole idea of yourself yeah. is merely a separation from the infinite, omniscient, omnipresent ocean mm -hmm. of intelligence. And that's what you really are. You are just one little joint of a finger of the whole body of of and 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 you don't have the individual personality and identity that you, yeah. you have yeah you never had it yeah. yeah we don't have that ego which breathe into that and actually feel the relief <laughs> so don't. what is it you do have you uh you have because there's something there yeah you you have an ex 
a, a, a extension of the divine, a, a true creation of the divine, of a, a son of God, of your so child. Of whenever God. someone seems like they're coming from ego, what are they coming from? A, a programmed identity. They, they picked up. But then they're coming from ego. But right. you just said that ego doesn't actually exist and never did. So why does it exist all of a sudden? It doesn't exist. I'm telling you. You asked me, what are we then? Now you yeah, answer that so, question. So what the, are what, we then? If beyond yeah, the but you said that what we are we then is the son of God, right? Mm -hmm. So then they're not ego, right? It's not ego. Yeah, so even if I see ego out there, then I'm just misunderstanding, right? No. Distorting what I'm seeing. Yeah. So something I learned from the Buddhist tradition this week is that the mind itself is a sense. Yeah. The mind itself is not us. And yet the human predicament now has gotten to the point where we believe we are mind. Where mind yeah. is just one of the senses mm -hmm. that, are, that are a perception that we... Receiving information. Yeah. But it is not the self. The self is spiritual being, is soul, is, is intelligence, is life. The soul yeah. is, 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 the mind is not our life. It's not our existence. Yeah. The mind is merely just a way of looking at our existence. So you're saying it can still be there, just like my hands are still there. Yeah. Just like seeing and hearing and tasting, the mind is there. But you do not become the mind, just like you don't become hearing. Yeah. You are not your hearing. Your hearing like is So limitation of understanding the senses also is, is kind of a definition of what they would be, including the sense of the mind and ego. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I've had experiences where, and I can pretty much tap into it at any time, aside from just feeling energy, uh, of objects and of life and trees around and things like that and people is like quite literally you can instead of just feeling it as it's coming in and going out you you start feeling it as if it is you like how i feel my arm you can start translating it to literally how i feel the desk quite the same and it is that like in that experience of it translates the sensations of what I thought was a border between me and the desk to literally the de the desk is sensation like a like a bridge of sensation to the floor like it, it's not it doesn't stop but what I'm getting at is that this translation of a misunderstood sensation, even of our physical body, where we defined ourselves to have an edge, mm. it's like every sense can be thought differently. Like we think we are seeing with our eyes in a specific fashion, that literally we can change that fashion as we are choosing to see it differently and yeah. willing to be, oh, I was wrong how I'm seeing. I'm not seeing correctly. Yeah. And, and it can be, even be like the positive space that we think is, makes us 3D is actually negative space. And the other is positive space. And we can literally start seeing the world completely different as if what is gaseous is solid. And yeah. what is solid is gaseous. Interesting. And this, is, this goes with the same with the mind. That if we choose our perception differently... 
that even the same words that are being said that seem so vicious before have never been vicious at all. Even when it seems well, like this enemy of an ego is in yeah. my mind, has never been an enemy at all. Well, yeah, so that, that, that's all context. Because the actual uh, seed of the word, the word's intention, is uh, energy. And so it, yeah. we're defining what that seed of energy is, the intention behind the word, yeah. we're defining it. And so I see what you mean. When you see everything as energy, it, it, it's, uh, there's no bad or good or duality about it. it yeah, or solid or liquid. Yeah. But um, I, I just like to pursue how, to understand the self beyond the mind. So if in the Upanishads it says, not that by which the eyes can see, but the power by which the eyes are made to see. Yeah. That's what we are. And that's yeah. what they it's there. Like quite literally what I was just talking about. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so that's what meditation does is it gets you back into the self that's beyond the outward outward extensions of the senses. That uh and that's what spiritual sight is, right? That's what the gifts of the spirit are yeah well i would say there's a multitude upon multitude of purposes of meditation however that would be one of them absolutely yeah but here we have what i want to say again because i love what carl Jung said if i could say this again one who looks outside is dreaming one who looks inside awakens so if we trust our sense perceptions to reveal the world to us we're going to be wrong <laughs> but if we trust see that oh it's the energy it's the life it's the uh so and you can't trust words words are twice removed from the thought and from the energy that there's not words to describe it because well, it'll be words <laughs> if you use them properly and kind of go through some translation process then you can trust them well, but here's the thing. You still, it's the person's being that's t talking to you. Mm. And, 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 and so, w words. And where really does the person's the being come from? It is the. It's the source of the person's being. What is the source of the person's being? Yeah. The self. Yeah. The one self, God. The one self. Which is God. I know, I often, I, because I. I work for the food bank and I go through grocery stores a lot and often I have like when I'm walking down aisles where it's taking many steps forward and people are kind of moving in front of me and stuff but there's this experience I have with um, looking at everything as if it's you know physically looking without and and then just this realization and remembrance of how it is all one and coming into that experience of it all being in the mind of Christ and and accepting that experience is it, it all becomes this bright you know this brightness and this movement that you can't really see physically and it's it's quite interesting because uh something that seems so mundane as the uh, grocery store 
and lighten up and be so vivid and amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Jesus said it so well when he says, to be in the world, but not of the world. And so we're, we're going through the world, but we are the observer of it, not the experiencer. I mean, we don't identify and get attached to re remembering the eternal, immortal being, being in divine love. We s experience the world differently than when you're attached to the world and you get into all of the drama and the insanity uh, and glamour of it all. With, and, that none, and that's not the real experience, the real experience. I also hear the other option that you are in the world and not of it. And if it is a fact that you are in the world, but not of it, then all the experience of the world can be embraced and it does not attach itself to you. You are not influenced by it. That you can even be in the world and experience everything the world has to offer from what things called sinful things and what things called joyful things and everything and that no matter what you're not of it yeah so it's like there's that other perspective that completely changes the view of the bible completely because i can look at it with everything and the bible is actually condoning all the things that everybody says it's condemning um <laughs> that's that to me that's a can i might be careful with that with, because... I'm not trying to say any of that. I'm not trying to tell everybody to do any of that. I'm not. What I'm saying is that, well, like, quite literally, that even everybody that wrote Jesus's words think they understood him. But here's the thing. Okay, do you know who Alistair Crowley was? He, not by he, name. He had a saying: "Do what thou wilt," and that's the whole thing mm. of. Um, magic the mystical the, the the it was a whole thing in the i don't know what years it was where they said free love mm -hmm. you know remember the 60s yeah. do what thou wilt yeah. uh and, and there's no consequences and there's no there's no thing yeah, but and all of us here seem to see that there it, was a lot of them right but, but if you believe in karmic retribution and if you believe that um, well, I personally believe that if you uh, take from another, you're taking from yourself. In other words, if you go out, just, oh, I just want to experience, yeah. uh, express myself sexually without thinking of in love. So aside from time, as karma so would you, apply. You, so you can't just do what thou wilt without seeing love in the quotient. In other words, yeah. uh, if you truly love someone, you would not. You would only help them on their path. You'd never set anyone back on their path. So let's get out of time and look at karma as if I'm taking from someone. I take from myself without time. That's literally in that moment, right? Mm. So literally in that second as it's happening, that right when it's doing that, even though time doesn't exist, it would be a whole multitude of things. But let's just say that one thing's happening. It's literally happening right in that moment to you. So karma is the idea of dividing all that up into time. Like it's going to come back to you later. Well, I, should, right? sure, I, would, I wish I hadn't brought up the term karma because that's actually what we were talking about earlier in the show where the religions uh, create some, make something real in order to 
try to atone it and okay. forgive it, and it's not. And karma is not real. Karma, I mean, still, karma some people believe in it, and you can debate it and everything, and it's not really that it's not true because everything is true in a dream that wants to be true. But it's a dream, and so it's because you want it to be true. But I, I, I would much rather deal with the eternal. Yeah. Timeless state. You can't even use continuum because so, eternity, timelessness, is not a continuum anymore. It's it's everything now in in the moment right now, and there is no karma if you yeah. are in the eternal now. Yeah, so I'm done just like Jesus is done. Hmm. Well, but you, if you are truly done, the the field of love will reflect, and you will change the world around you because by seeing it differently, you change it. But if I'm, let's say I'm done, I wouldn't be done here in time. It's only aside from time yeah. that I'm done. Oh, right? so the battle is already won, and every and. But in time, I'm right here doing this. Yeah. Maybe achieving something that I would be done eventually. Except that if you were in eternal love, it completely you don't you're not concerned with time. Yeah. So if I'm aware that I'm done, then I'm in eternal love. However. Whoever's perceiving me, as I'm perceiving them, I would be perceiving in time. Because without time, mm -hmm. or the infinite amount of time, nothing would exist. Yeah. But if you wanted to become the guru, and when they talk of guru, they say guru is God. Guru is... So the true guru no longer perceives people in time. No mm -hmm. longer perceives themselves in time. So they... The reason why they can do so much healing and so much good for people and, and, and people flock to be in their presence is because they know eternal timelessness, they know eternal love, and they stay there. They don't get into they perception anymore. They don't play it. the game of the mind. They also express it in a definition that people have of love. Only because that's the only, the only understanding they go where people are at. Where they're at is not at the level of the person who's perceiving it that way. They yeah, but stay the whole reason people flock love. to them is because they see and perceive a definition of something great in their minds. Something love would express, right? Instead of realizing that love is every option, not just no, no, they're one not. Option. They're not using the mind that way. Everybody flocked to Hitler at the time, and. Even though they didn't realize that he was love. Well, we didn't. It's all the same experience. I'm saying it's nothing different. Oh, why? You go to the worst case about? scenario. You were I, going to the greatest case scenario. No, no, no. It, 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 I would really like, like if you want to take <laughs> the rest of the time to discuss Hitler, that's fine. But I was talking about gurus and masters from the East that merely stay in eternal love. They don't go into the perceptions that most of us, they're not even in the world anymore. So I'm just trying to paint a picture of what my understanding of actual love is, is that it's not trying to be something that you're not. No, like it's it not is. trying to uh, be like Jesus or trying to be no. like anybody. So it is. The, it's, you. even if you're aware of eternal love, you're being who you've been given. And that's the image of yourself that you're doing. And so if that's, if everybody realizes that as loving, then that's, you know, everybody's experience. However, it's not necessarily the one I'm given. So I'm saying, as I may be aware of eternal love, no one else may be aware of it. 
and that's okay because I'm accepting it. Good. Eternal love. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to accept but, it if I wanted people to know it. Right. Uh, but uh, that's saying your idea and your perception of eternal love. But to to forever surrender to what is, to the ocean of eternal love that has nothing to do with what you think yeah. or what you experience, yeah. because it just is. Yeah. And once you realize you continue to surrender to what is, not what you think is, but what yeah. truly is, and it's real and it's true. And you continue to let go and release into it. Yeah. And it is just there. You don't, there's no perception about it. There's no thinking about it. It is. So then it's every guru. That's right. Everyone is the guru that you were talking about. Except some people have released themselves to experience eternal love and timelessness. And, and, and they have well, done that to such a degree that they can extend space for others that have not yet released into it that and they, it, it but then they them, would be released into it if they were extending it. You're right. But it, they are, of course. <laughs> okay. That is the question. Why would, okay, anyway. Well, then they would all yeah, be gurus. They are not gurus until they come to the realization that they are. But it was extended to them. But it's standard to them, and, 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 and awakening to it are totally different things. A person that continues to go and, and pick up, believe in karma, and pick up suffering for themselves is not releasing into so the is, eternal self. So it is the perception of the guru that would make him be loving. No, it's the ma'at that he's released to beyond perception. The, 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 yeah, the, but if they weren't awakened to it, they wouldn't know. Right. You, what what happens is, is in the presence of the guru, they suspend their perceptions momentarily. Oh, okay. So the choice to suspend their belief or is what, what's the word you it's use? It's not even a choice. They let go of trying to choose anymore and start seeing them, their own eternal self. But that was a guru. choice in them again, right? No. It that it happened with the guru's presence. It happens with the guru's presence, the presence itself of the divine. So something which you're become, saying is the awakening to love has the, the opened group. up in them the suspension of belief or perception. perception. Yeah, the presence of the guru, the divine presence, mm -hmm. is, is energy itself. And, and, and it gives space to, for others to awaken. Have you experienced it? Mm -hmm. With somebody? Who? Mm -hmm. Um, many masters, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, their presence in can be physical. extended in, in, uh, yeah, I've been in the presence of those who I, I, I see, uh, are enlightened and there's a holiness, field of holiness and light and, uh, yes, then presence of many. Now, something you talked about, uh, before we got started here was something about how, what was it that you, uh, how things lose their power or an image? A content and context? No, it was before we got started. Um, um, it loses its holiness because you grow a definition of it. Oh, yeah. Just so uh, words themselves are seeds of thought form or energy, thought energy. And uh, we are the ones that are actually giving the imprint of the definition of meaning to each word. The word itself 
uh, is twice removed from the energy source, from the soul, and the, as and and so we personalize, identify with the meaning of the word. But the yeah. word itself is a seed that we interpret. I believe you were talking about objects or something. But like even even in, in any case, what I what the I word understood subjective compared to objective. Do you know what that means? Subjective. Yeah. So the objective world is is seeing outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So, the, but the only that's all going to be dreaming. Yeah. All, only when you see the word from inside. And at, well, you were looking at my stick, mm -hmm. and you were saying something about realizing that it's not as well cool as it was before. I didn't say that. No, no, it, those are my words, my terms. No, I just said I'd never seen that before. Okay. Well, like, uh, you know, it like as we uh, through time we start solidifying things, is what I I understood you saying, and like instead of seeing it as something su surprising and glamorous at the beginning, then it starts oh, okay. getting more refined and solid and everything. And this is like literally why the world is in a definition of how it is yeah. right now. So the child is a truly objective observer. As it comes out of yeah. uh, into time space, yeah. it is like a lantern. I've heard it described. Yeah. And as an adult, we get one pointed into focus, and so we lose the total um, light of, of of consciousness inside that the child is aware of all kinds of things going around them, and until yeah. it, until it, it learns like we do to only see the world through political, economic, scientific eyes instead of... So what I wanted to uh, go into with that was, like, if you spent more time, you know, with one of these uh, gurus or something, uh, I think they, it would present more experiences, uh, as the Course would call them, uh, forgiveness opportunities, and uh, most of them not being taken um, for forgiveness. and. Uh, then held as grievances, and then the person starts losing their glamour and and their their presence to you, and or the uh, draw to them, um, just naturally because we are putting we're holding grievances in the presence of their soul. It's simply mm -hmm. it's like that's what time does. Yeah. So so uh, to get to Advaita non judgment non duality. Uh, what you're saying is grievances. Every single judgment that we make causes resistance. Yeah. In, but if we can see from the eyes of the soul, which is the whole idea of thing, yeah. we don't need to judge. We don't need to differentiate. We don't need to deduce anything. We just accept things as they are. And, and things would But to get there, I mean, you have to identify your judgments and, and be able to stop them, right? Or surrender them. Yeah. Because the act Whatever, of the actually, act of identifying the judgment would create it would strengthen it. Judging the, it, it to be it, different than others. Yeah. yeah, but letting them go and settling into releasing your judgments and and uh, everybody used to be so frustrated with me because I could accept any spiritual tradition, any uh, dogma and rhetoric that would come along, and yeah. then and and but I'd say okay, but. I just I accept it and then see through it. Yeah. 
into the truth that's behind everything. Mm -hmm. So everything at its source, at the at the point so of the where the, it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> in, instead of causing resistance, we Not cause identifying situations or perspectives of it to yeah. create separation from it. Yeah. So at one point of the trial, we were taught to judge things as. Uh, Instead of having true discernment, we were taught to bad and good. This is bad. This is good. This is cause and effect. And and you don't even need to go by that cause and effect. If you stay in the source and try to see back the, the source of things, mm -hmm. you don't get the way filtered the way down the river where it's gotten muddy and murky and, and, and under, misunderstood. Yeah. You stay... You, you are constantly tracing everything back to its source, which is pure. Because when the fountains of everything came from is all still going to be pure. Every thought is an energy. It's not bad or good. We impute the bad or goodness on the thought. Yeah. Now, I wish we could do that all the time. I get, still get sucked back into things. But I know where to go, and I have been there. And, but that presence of the guru is in within every one of us. So what happens is the guru can change you forever because if you've experienced timeless, eternal love and the peace and the release and the joy of, of letting go of all the burdens, all the pressures, all the pain, all every bit of unhappiness, and you're saying, oh, here I am. I mean, to tell you the truth, nature can be your guru. If people get out in nature long enough, they all sudden let down their burdens. They let down their distractions. The stage of the mind doesn't constantly have images and characters yeah. and forms. And they, oh my gosh, why am I so happy? I feel like I'm a little child again. I feel so young. I feel so free and liberated. What has happened? Well, nature itself, their guru, has showed them their true self. You know, tasted your true self. The interesting thing is, once we become whole, once we realize the Christ in us, he'll go on forever and ever, higher and higher vistas of joy. God himself continues to, to step back so we can experience him again at a higher level. So yeah. even the guru is experiencing the omniscience, omnipotence, omnipotence of God in splendor unimagined to us. Yeah. The sensation of changing perspective is... Okay. Like sometimes I look in the corner of a room and you see the the corner, you know, just the perfect angles or whatever. And instead of seeing it as a dent, you can see it as as a cube that's coming out at you. Or and it, it it's kind of like that sensation and feeling like, oh, and then sometimes you see things like dents or something, and you're like oh, that that inner mask, you know that look at the inside of a mask and it looks like it's looking at you and those illusions and stuff and then realizing oh oh no it's it's inside it's an indentation and and that realization that's like that realization of oh i've been wrong about what i'm seeing and and you realize that it's actually the opposite direction and that's the difference between projection and extension is quite literally that i've been just looking at it wrong and thinking I'm experiencing it wrong and then so I can pull back that definition that judgment that it was like that and then remember that it is like this yeah, yeah. 
Okay. You can always go over. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay, I'm gonna. If you want to keep going, let's. Oh, go. okay. Just, just. Uh, I think the world of a truly ascended master uh, is able to pick up on subtleties that we never think. Like, how? When was the last time you took a human hair? How often do you and take a look at it and and focus on it? When's the last time you were you just let the clouds and count watch the shapes of the clouds unfold or looked at a starry light? Or when's the last time you're sitting there in the light and you'll start to see the tiny little particulates in the air as they filter through, you know? It was always there, you're just never aware of it. When's the last time you look at your fingerprints on your hand and, and really got into it? When's the last time you look at the wiggles of, 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 of the plant? Because the plant itself is alive and it's actually vibrating. It's yeah. vibration. If you look close enough at the leaves, you'll see them wiggling. Yeah. I mean, the whole world is filled yeah. with wonders that we overlook. You ever did you take a look at the plaque on your teeth? How often do you, yeah. I mean, how often? Do you, I love that you're naming off things that I've probably all looked at in the last day. Not to, yeah. not to sound like I'm. No, that's all right. That's arrogant. Or uh, I'm just awakening to it's things like, like that. <laughs> the pores. If you look really closely, sometimes you can see actually the pores in the skin. Yeah, and and if you look long enough for for something to pick at, you'll find it. No matter what, <laughs> yeah, don't look for that. Certainly, <laughs> no matter what, you're you're looking at what you will want did, to find. Did you know the second digit of the hand? Some people have mid digital hair, some people don't. Um, yeah, I, I do. But but that's on two of them. But like right now, I just picked up on three sounds in the room that I weren't aware of. Yeah, like the fuzzing of the fan. Yeah. And what else? Well, the buzz of the microphone. Or the processing of the computer. Yeah. Or the movement of cars. The buzzing of the light. The ticking of the clock. The movement of my heart. Like the movement of your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> your heart. But it's interesting the, that staff never stops. Creaking of the wood. Because it is balanced, and it's not a, once you get it started, it kind of keeps it going. And that makes subtlety. You can actually feel your hair growing. Yeah. Or you can actually be aware that you're telling your hair to grow. Yeah. The other night, I, I can now feel a field of uh, radiant energy from the palm of my hand, uh, seven yeah. inches from my face, all the way around. And my around my head, I can feel the field of energy as it comes around. You go, I, oh, I can feel the field of energy coming off the body. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's interesting. Itching. Why do things itch when they're itching? Um, yeah. What's going on? Are you asking? Yeah, I just. I mean, I. I it's electromagnetic. Yeah. Well, it's like a ripple. Yeah. But and there's the pain is like a whirlwind. But there's also an inner field of the body, the body's intelligence itself that you can feel and it is usually at the heart center that I feel it. And then when you but you can feel each of the chakras if you get sensitive to it, you can feel in my experience of opening up the chakras and going through the process of opening up everyone specifically that the first sensation of the heart chakra opening up 
is nothing compared to the sensation after you open up all of them. The heart is what opens up because it's, it's what is in the center of all of them. So that eighth chakra, as we'd be talking about, is not space. Hmm. But it would be centered in what you call your heart center. According to what I've learned is that you don't do anything to open them up. All that you, if you, you if you have to try an intention, yeah, you surrender, and then it creates the state by which they will naturally unfold. But you don't have to try to do anything. You just let go and release, and then the natural evolution unfolds. So just real quickly, even though we're finishing up, even. Each chakra has that different definition of, uh, of what to release. So the root chakra is an identify, identifying uh, personality experience of, you know, in energy. So going into the second dimension as uh, it's awakening into the fifth. So trust is the absence of fear. The root chakra. Pleasure is the absence of guilt. The sacral chakra. Willpower is the absence of shame. Uh, compassion is the absence of grief. Honesty is the absence of denial. Insight is the absence of delusions. Awareness is the absence of attachment. Those are the what you would be letting go of, opening the chakra. I want to talk to Get that up. Uh, um, okay. I think we're good. Thank you for being here with us today. And Explore the inner world. Let the outer go. Yeah, if you feel good about meditating and I say go for it. If you feel good about church, go for it. If you feel good about singing, go for it. If you want to ask us any questions or even join us on this program somehow, I'm sure we can work out that. Contact me at openandclear at gmail.com. That's openandclear at gmail.com. Have a beautiful day. Because today is the day. Stay in eternal love. It's the day to stay in eternal love. Have a beautiful day, my friends.